We got another episode of Formula One Philosophy today. It's actually going to be a therapy session. Welcome, as always, to Formula One Philosophy. I am Nicholas McKayley. Nick, Nicola, I don't know, whatever you want to call me. I'm here on my own, going solo in a therapy session of mine to talk today about something that I saw in the news. But as always, Formula One Philosophy, a therapy session. Our first episode together is coming very soon. And you guys will see that probably before you see this episode. Um, potentially after, I'd, uh, we're going to talk about the ordering of these episodes. And I'm intrigued uh, as to where this goes. And I think uh, you're going to see a lot more of us recording together in the very, few, very few, near future. But today's episode, I'm going to talk about one of the recent news items that we, we've seen come out of Formula One. And uh, it's not the Lewis Hamilton news to Ferrari. You're going to hear that with me and Sean. Sean and I are going to discuss that together. You're also going to hear, speaking of Sean, I thought I'd bring his name in before I mentioned this. You're going to start hearing solo Sean episodes also known as F1 Therapist. F1 Therapist is the version of the podcast where Sean corrects my many mistakes, my many talking out of my ass moments, my many misinformation moments. That's the new word of this, of this century is misinformation, disinformation, whatever you want to call it. Sean's going to have his solo episodes known as F1 Therapist coming very soon, the first one. I think you'll probably see it before you see this episode. F1 Therapy is for me, Nick. F1 Philosophy is for both of us. F1 Therapist is for Sean, so his head doesn't explode. And hopefully we get some podcasters, uh, some podcast sponsors, sorry, coming in soon so we can start giving you guys some more content. We're also going to hopefully open up a website very soon if you guys want to Donate to us, donating Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, anything like that. We will be in on that game very shortly. So like I said, today's episode is about the recent news in Formula One. Not the one you're thinking of, though. Not Lewis Hamilton. That's going to be something we discuss together. Today's episode is about the Andretti saga. Now, we're also going to talk about that together because it's worth talking about together and also because I don't know all the details about Andretti, about the Andretti situation. So it's, it's important that I hash it out with Sean as well because I may just spew things out my ass as usual. However, there was one specific thing I wanted to talk about and I'll, and I'll get to that in a sec. Firstly, as you know, Andretti's bid for a 2025 arrival on the Formula One grid was rejected. It was rejected under the guise that F1 or the FIA felt they wouldn't be competitive. They wouldn't be competitive enough with the platform that they were uh, submitting with their their belief and their structure. F F1 basically said, we don't think 
the the series needs another backmarker team. The series doesn't need another two cars being lapped every race, falling behind at the back of the grid. And that's warranted in a sense that if you're just going to be a team right now that's going to rush into Formula One and essentially be demoralized, essentially be talked down because you're always at the back of the grid, what's the point in coming now? They said, we're very intrigued, the FIA said, we're very intrigued with the thought of you having Cadillac engines in the future, which is interesting to me. And I don't know really if that's going to make a difference, quite frankly, because I was just listening to Eddie Jordan's podcast, him and David Coulthard's The Formula for Success, to, in my opinion, the best Formula One podcast available right now out of all the ones I've heard. And Jordan sort of put a wet blanket on it, as you could say, or he put the whole thing into perspective when he said, it's going to take time either way for them to jump in and be anything that they want to be in Formula One, which I think Andretti ultimately is is going for a title, a championship title, like a driver's title, a constructor's title. And Jordan said, it took us many years just to get to a point where we were competitive, let alone able to win races. And he even made an amazing comment to me. He thought the 1999 Jordan was so good and not to get too far off topic, I just I listened to this podcast and I couldn't believe he said that. He said, 1999 Jordan was so good that if Ralph Schumacher stayed at that team instead of bailing for Williams, Eddie thinks he might have been a world champion that year. And like I said, not to get too far off topic, that was so amazing for me to hear because it was like, Frenson, I thought, did pretty good in that Jordan. I thought, I thought Frenson was... Uh, a good competitor in that car. He won a few races there. But that but that maybe Jordan essentially saw Frenson as an underachiever. And that there could have been so much more to come out of that Jordan was just incredible to me. Now, for all of you who are wondering why I sidestepped the, a conversation about Andretti and talked started talking about Jordan, it's remember, this is for me to hash out my thoughts. But I think it does go hand in hand in the sense that I, that Jordan, I think, had been in Formula One at that point in time for almost 11 years. So for Andretti, and in that discussion, he was actually more talking about Audi and giving the comparisons to how Toyota and BMW stepped into the sport in the early 2000s. Everyone thought they were going to be powerhouses and they fell off the grid like they just could not step up. They could not step up to the plate and become championship uh, contenders. Some of that was not Toyota's fault. BMW just never seemed to get it right. But Toyota, in their defense, had had a chance to have hybrid engines in the early 2000s. And remember, this is with refueling. This is at a time when you were allowed refueling. This is a time when you're allowed tire strategies. For Toyota to have an engine in a car and a contraption where they could eliminate a pit stop because of their hybrid engines. They would have been a powerhouse in Formula One. And the F- and F1 and the FIA blocked them, my belief, to protect the big teams. 
at the, which at the time was Ferrari, McLaren, and Williams. And back then you had less, you had less kerfuffle, like you had less fuckery in the sense that they always protected the big teams because you could become a big team a lot easier. Like Jordan, like I said briefly in 99, was a big team. But they had less ability, the four of them, four of them will say like Ferrari, McLaren, Williams, and Jordan to block growth from other teams. Nowadays, if you're growing as a team, they just sort of smack you down. And this relates to Andretti, that Andretti's coming in thinking they're going to be guns blazing. And instead of any, and instead of anybody just coming to the defense of Andretti, it's sort of like a, a done deal where I'm sure the teams have a say in what the F1 and what F1 and the FIA just said. Because F1 and FIA had to put, put it in their statement saying, this is all our thoughts. This is, this is something we came to the conclusion of. And it's like, yeah, bullshit. You, you didn't talk to Total Wolf. You didn't talk to Christian Horner. You didn't talk to uh, Zach Brown. You didn't talk to any of them. Are you sure? Because I'm sure they would have told you something. Because your statement sounds eerily similar to something a team principal would say. Like, do I? Because there's, there's more sponsorship there. And there's more of the American market by bringing in Andretti. What do you mean that it... it it sort of ruins the sanctity, which I'm paraphrasing, but it sounds like they said, you're going to ruin the sanctity of, of what we have in Formula One now if you throw in a team that's just going to sit at the back. That doesn't sound like something Formula One would want to say. It sounds like something Formula One said after talking to the team principals, but had to make it clear that they didn't talk to the team principals. That's my opinion of it all. And I don't think that's fair to Andretti. And I don't know who it was, but some, someone's podcast essentially said, or someone's YouTube said, that the new Lewis Hamilton news was a, a distraction to the fact that Formula One did a screw job on, on Andretti. And I, I think that's completely fair. That's, I think that's com in a lot of ways what happened there because it was such an egregious comment to kick, to kick out Andretti just because they're not competitive. What about Haas? What about, I, I, I'm not just going to shit on Haas. Alfa Romeo. Williams has been languishing at the back now for like at least five years. And they've been in decline for over 25. So what's, what's going on there? Does the team really need two cars that are just going to be in decline because they helped build Formula One? Which was the crux of, of the argument of the team principals and the team owners a couple months ago. They said, we built this product in order for you to come in you're going to have to prove that you deserve to be here. None of you had to go through those hoops. None of you had to go through those hoops. You all came in at a different time when it was a lot easier to come in, and now you're blocking this team with that's owned by the son of a former former world champion. Mario Andretti. I don't know how much of a of a, of a stake he's going to have in this team, but Michael Andretti was a Formula Formula One driver only for a year, very competitive racer, racing family. Why, why are they having to jump through hoops? And they seem to jump as high as you need them whenever, they, whenever you ask. Whenever you ask. First, it was only $100 million or something to jump in. They, they got that guaranteed. I said, no, no, it's more closer to $250 million for you to buy in plus proof that you can start developing. Okay, we have all that. Then they, had, they came back and they even said, 
you're, now you're going to need 750 million plus proof that you're developing engines. So Andretti had to go to GM, go to Cadillac and say, okay, can you front some of this money and show that you're going to be developing with us? And GM and Cadillac said, yes. What else do you need them to do? They've done everything you've asked. And this idea that they're just, they're, they're going to be a backmarker team, so let's not, that, let's not let them in. By the time the regulations change in 2026, a lot of teams are going to be backmarker teams trying to figure out the new developments, the new engines. There's probably, once again, going to be only one or two teams that figure it out. Why not give Andretti an extra three years? 2025, 2026, 2027. And by the time Cadillac comes in, they'll have developed their aerodynamics in a way that won't be up to Formula One winning standards, championship standards. They won't be anywhere near constructors. They may be, if they're lucky, fighting in the midfield at that point. But at least they'll have a foundation to build off of. What, what are you really scared of here? Are you scared that they're going to, and this is my opinion now, I wonder if they're all scared that Andretti's going to show them how much of a fraud the back half of Formula One is. Not that I think Andretti's going to ever be anything special. It seems that anything American that comes into Formula One just is kind of stale. Very rarely do you see something from America in, infused into Formula One that's good, like uh, the Circuit of the Americas. To me, that, that's the only thing America has provided with value. And I think now Vegas, in the sense that it's just so bizarre, it's so odd, like a Saturday night race in the cold of, of the desert and a Hockenheim-esque track, the, a track that we were, we were told was unsafe for the German, old German Hockenheim, is now suddenly completely safe on a road course in Vegas where, remember, construction didn't exactly meet the mark in, by Friday practice. And Carlos Sainz's car was destroyed because, the, because of the faulty manhole. <laughs> I'm, I'm ranting now, I know. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that very rarely does anything of America, from America, come into Formula One and make a difference. So they're a long shot anyways, even if, if they meet all the standards of these ridiculous standards, in my opinion. Standards that Alfa Romeo is not meeting. That I imagine Audi is not going to be meeting by 2026. Haas is, who knows? Williams, your guess is as good as mine. What about Austin Martin? They're well-funded, but do are they going in the right direction? We, we, we'll know more but in 2024. They weren't exactly great a couple years ago. They had a really good start to 2023. But towards the end, they weren't anything special. Same with Alpha Tauri. So why single out Andretti like that? It's very harsh. And I want to I talk about this more with Sean, so I'm not going to elaborate too much further, but it just, it's just so ridiculous. How many teams have come in with Renault engine platforms and their own chassis in the past? Lotus, I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, there was definitely more during that time. I, I wonder if Marusha, HRT, Caterham, if any of them had Renault engines. I'm not too sure. I think Caterham did. There was two different Lotus teams. Red Bull had Renault for many years. 
they built with Renault engines. They started, I don't think with Red Bull engines, but they uh, with Renault engines, but they they very well could have at that time. Something I should probably look up before I start speaking, but you know that's not what we do. That's not what I do here. Point I'm trying to make is once again the F1 and the FIA is doing a double standard on Andretti in the name of protecting the big teams while giving us a bullshit answer as to why we can't have an 11th team. They lied to our faces and said they're not going to be competitive. Yeah, half the grid is not competitive right now. Not a good enough excuse. Well, we've spent too much money building this. We don't want to just saturate our profit from the big teams and all the teams there. We don't just want to lose a piece of the pie for an 11th team. Half of you don't deserve one-tenth of the money you get. I've made this clear in other podcasts, but it should be said again. Like Haas, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and soon-to-be kick, racing bowls, whatever the fuck they want to call themselves, do not throw stones in glass houses. You can just as easily go. And the way all of you came in wasn't exactly a guarantee for success. And we saw none of it. We've seen two wins from racing bulls in their entire tenure. Yes, they're the sister team of Rebel. Yes, they're not supposed to be the dominant team, but still. Shut your mouth. Haas, not on the podium yet. Alfa Romeo. I don't even think Alfa Romeo came on the podium in this recent stint. Whenever they came in, I think it was... 2016 or 17. I don't know if they got got a podium at any point in time. So, leave Andretti alone. Let them come in. Let them develop. Give them time to develop. This team's coming in anyways, by the sounds of it. Because GM and Cadillac are fronting the money and developing a factory to make these Formula One engines in three years' time. Why not let them have some time to develop their aerodynamics. They're gambling on Renault engines. By the way, that's another team. Renault is missing development. Renault was falling behind. So are you going to kick out Renault too? You're saying we don't want them to be a backmarker club with Renault engines. Well, then Renault should go too. Renault should go too. But yeah. Tell me what you think. This is today's just a short episode. I just had to get this out there. Because and Andretti is going to be a great addition no matter what. Not in the sense they may that they may win for the first little while, but they're going to be a team that wants to win. That their goal is going to be to win and they're going to want to provide American racers, American manufacturing an American standard in Formula 1. Finally, I think because anything else is American that's touched this sport has just fizzled. Mario Andretti won because he was born in Italy. He was he was an Italian. He had an American passport. He he claimed or he adopted American citizens like as an American sports icon, but really he was an Italian winning. And ever since there hasn't been anybody close to him. So I think we have an opportunity to see a great team in Formula One in the future, and they're just and you're just delaying it, I think, out of spite. 
give them three extra years to develop. It couldn't hurt. Even two, even start them in 2026. They'll live and die by the Renault engines. Because if Renault misses the mark again, which they have the last three or four generational changes, I guess two or three actually, but the last two for sure, they shouldn't, they're probably going to fold too. Renault's folded before. Renault's had to fold before. So are you essentially saying that if Andretti takes Renault engines that we might see a loss of two teams? I don't think so. I think you're just doing this out of spite. I think you're just being petty. You're taking away competition in the name of of equality and fairness for the other teams, but that's complete nonsense because shoe on the other foot and none of those teams would stand up for anybody trying to come in. They would all turn on each other. And you know that. So you have to step in and allow Andretti to come in. That's my thoughts for today. Our first episode is coming soon. Our first episode together, Formula One Philosophy, Sean and Nick. You're going to hear it very soon. Like I said, probably before this one. Probably a couple of therapists by Sean Medeiros, F1 Therapist. Episodes coming soon. And yeah, maybe some other content. I don't know. Keep listening. And keep an eye out for us in the future. We're going to have a lot of different content. And I hope you enjoy. Once again, this one was for me and not you. So if you didn't like it, talk to the therapist.